Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. What a great, great week it's been. What a great weekend. Uh, Welcome if I don't know who you are. uh, I look forward to meeting you. My name is Steve Parrish. And Rowena and I, we are the lead pastors here at the church, and it's our privilege to serve. And this is our new location, and we have not announced grand opening. And that's why there's ceiling tiles that are open and all kinds of craziness in crazy places. Um, It's exciting to open a brand new facility, but it's also quite a process. And so we want to thank you in advance for the flexibility. We are working on setting temperatures in rooms. You just don't know how everything works, and so we're taking our time to be able to do that. One of the things that I do thank God about is that everything that you see, we have paid for 100% cash. Amen? And uh, in the process, your faithful giving and also some of the business that we've done as a church has, has been pretty remarkable to put us in that position, especially during the season where the last two years, what we've been through, there's been many churches in our region that have closed down, many that haven't been needing. There's been many that have lost property because of the inability to pay, and we certainly aren't posturing ourselves as better than anybody else. We're just thankful, amen? We're grateful, and we're grateful because there's a, a level of buy-in from you as our church family. Uh, there's a level of commitment and uh, just a generosity, and I'm thankful that it's not just you, but the church reflects that as well. Um, the last year, we gave more than any year that we've ever given as a church family, though our income was maybe in a, a seven-year low. We just said it doesn't matter the income. We believe in being generous. We are able to plant $25,000 into a church plant up north. We planted another $12,000 into a church down in Portland. Just yesterday, we handed over somewhere between about, I'm going to say it's about $75,000 worth of mobile equipment that we had because I ain't never going to be mobile. <laughs> we'll do whatever the Lord tells us, but it was nice handing over that equipment. Lord, if you want us to be mobile, you've got to do a financial miracle. And because uh, we have a church plant, a C3 church plant that's happening in Hermiston, and we're excited to be behind those. So um, listen, we, we, we talk quite a bit about money, but so does the grocery store and your dentist and the gas station and all those things. It's, a really, it's really practical. And money, much of the time when we talk about money, it's don't, we're not trying to get your money. We're trying to see you be in a better position with your money. And if you sow into the house of God, God will sow into your house, I promise you. It's a promise that he's made in scripture. And so I do not apologize for every week we have an offering message. Plus, it gives opportunities for our speakers to learn and to be able to grow. Because when we go to two or three services, believe it or not, we're not the type of church where I'm going to be preaching all three of those services. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, I'm not interested in being some giant personality. I'm interested in discipling leaders to become strong in their gifting. And I've got a pastor in my life who, uh, who I was shocked when I first met him. They probably have 30 services. And he and his wife, they each preach one of them. And he didn't tell anybody which one he's going to. It doesn't affect the attendance. It's only caused leaders to increase and grow in churches, to, to be strengthened. And it's not about me. It's about him. And so as long as we're leaning in and allowing the wind of God to blow behind us as we serve him and honor him, uh, we'll be going in a good direction. So we're excited about that. We're really honored today to, to be able to be with um, Pastor Kerry and Pastor Rian, who are pastors of Game Changer Church. Uh, if you don't recognize that name, you might recognize the, the town Frisco. Back before the pandemic, we partnered up. They were trying to get into the country, and as a church, we one of the things we did, we sponsored them to get into the country, their immigration status, 
which led to helping plant the church, which led into a crazy meeting uh, with a pastor who was leaving and a phone call a few months later, a church that uh, wanted us to consider uh, allowing them to join what was going on down there. And Pastor Kerry was stuck in a different country. So me and another gentleman uh, who, you'll, who you'll meet in a few weeks uh, flew down there and it was a group of about 30 worn out people who had been through some pastoral change and were discouraged. They had a, a couple million dollars worth of property and some debt, but they were about to lose everything um, because they couldn't make the monthly payments. And this, they had a school that was part of the church, but not run by anybody in the church that was beginning to go in the hole. So we had to get involved with that process and it was fantastic because then the pandemic hit and I had something to do. <laughs> something to do to, to help and to make a difference. And, and plus Texas was free. Do you hear what I said? I got up, I, I got on the airplane here and I walked into Texas free, amen? If you know what I'm saying, I don't know if you agree with that, but I'm telling you what, I, 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 I'll move on. I'm gonna keep going, okay? Uh, but it was wonderful to go down to the great state of Texas. So my good friend, uh, Pastor Kerry, I want you to welcome him to the platform. I love him. He's not only a friend, but a fellow pastor in C3. And if you will give him your attention and listen, like we do with all of our speakers here in the church, this is not him sharing something from that brain to your brain. It's we're hearing a message from God and we celebrate it all the way through. He makes a good point. I want you to cheer, not just for him, but for the point. He, his ego is fine. He doesn't need your encouragement. But we celebrate when the Word of God is exposed to us in this house because we love the Word of God. Amen? Come on. Let me hear it. Amen? Amen. Go get him. So good. So good. Can we put our hands together for Pastor Steve? Amazing. I love your pastors. They are absolutely amazing. And uh, you know what? We're incredibly indebted to them. We love them. We appreciate There are so many hours they put into pulling off a miracle for us down there in that space. And we've been going six months. This is the first Sunday that we've been away from there. And uh, we literally just got a text message to say, you should be so proud. Uh, we just had an amazing Sunday in the house. So we had... Uh, we had a, a worship Sunday, and uh, they just uh, pulled off an incredible worship service in that place. But uh, incredible what's going on there. We've got, uh, you know, around 100 people showing up every week. Uh, we've got 160 people that we're working with uh, in the place, 90 or so uh, decisions for Christ since we launched out. And uh, we're just excited about what God did uh, over the last little while. We're excited about what God's going to do in the future. Uh, but enough of the update. Let's get to what God is going to do here today. I believe that God is about to do something incredible in this place. It was uh, two years, one month approximately ago where we were uh, here. We'd arrived uh, here in this great region uh, because you were about to have a conference and uh, you were on the edge, the verge of something exciting, something amazing. And I was excited to be here. I was excited because I knew God was about to move incredibly powerful and uh, then there was this thing called uh, COVID that showed up. I don't know if you heard about it, but uh, it literally uh, shut the ability for you to have your conference down. And what happened was, is within 24 hours, we were on a flight back to Australia uh, and uh, we got stuck down there at that time. But here we are, uh, you know, uh, two years, one month later here in this place and we've had a supernatural weekend. And uh, I've got to say this, that, uh, come on, if you're going to put your hands together, don't do it half-heartedly. 
But I'm going to say this, that uh, we are about to have an incredible meeting today. God is about to meet with you. He's about to show up in your world. I don't know how excited you are, but come on, lean forward in your spirit. Believe God to hear from Him. And uh, I believe God's about to shift something, change something in your world, in this place. You can see the title of my message, Wrestling for the Supernatural. And uh, that is something we're going to be uh, leaning into, believing God for Uh In the Hebrew language, there uh, is no such word for the word coincidence. You need to know this, that there is no such word as coincidence in the Hebrew language. Simply because the Hebrews, the Jews, believe that everything has been set up, ordained by God. And so you're not here by mistake. You are here. You've been set up to be in this place here. God is about to do something in and through your life. And I believe that miracles are going to break out. We're going to be praying for healing. We're going to be praying that pain leaves people's bodies. We're going to be believing for supernatural prophetic words to come into the place. There is already a great anointing in this place. I'm going to say this, that we throw those words around a lot. You know, that was an anointed message, anointed uh, worship at that time. We say, but do we really understand what the word anoint means? The word anoint simply means to rub in, right? So I could jump off the stage, I could come down here, and I could anoint you with gravy, right? It just simply means to rub in gravy. That's what it is. I I could uh, say, you know what, let's anoint Pastor Steve with donuts, and uh, rubber and donuts, and and may, maybe that would be taste a little better licking his forehead than maybe if I was to uh, rub and ketchup or something like that. It, to 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 be anointed means to have something rubbed into you, and so to be anointed of God simply means to have God rubbed into you. And I'm going to tell you this: that in today's world, whether you're in business, whether you're an employee, whether you're a mum, whether you're a dad, we need to have God rubbed into us. That's what it's about. And I need to have God rubbed into everything that uh, is about me. And so, Father, we're excited. We're excited to be in your presence. We're excited that you're about to speak to us. Father, use me today, Lord God. Let my words be fire. Let them come alive in this place. Father, we, we, we understand this is not a teaching meeting. Father, this is a revival meeting. Father, we have uh, stepped into this new building, this incredible building that you have created, that you've made a way for. And Father, we just pray that today that your anointing come on each and every person, no matter what their background, no matter what their age, no matter where they have been. Father, let this be a commissioning service for the incredible future you have for this church, we pray in Jesus' name. If you believe it, can you put your hands together? Can you shout? Can you say something? We're in a revival meeting today. That's what I anticipated, that God would do something in this place Scripture is going to pop up on the screen. Genesis chapter 32 and verses 22. That night, Jacob got up, took his two wives and his two female servants. I've discovered that one wife is enough. His 11 sons and he crossed the fort of Jabok. And after he sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched uh, and he, as he was wrestling the man. When the man said, let me go for it is j- daybreak, Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob answered, 
The man said, what is your name? Uh, Your name is no longer to be Jacob, uh, but Israel, because you've struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. And he replied, why do you ask me your name? Then he blessed them there. And so Jacob called the place Penal, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, yes, my life was spared. The sun rose up as he passed Penal, and he was limping because of his hip. Let's just pull this apart. We've read it, but come on, let's, do we really understand this? So Jacob shows up. He, he's, he's come to the stream. He's come to this ford, and he's got his two wives, his maidservants, and he's got uh, their, their, their sons, his possessions. And what happens is, is he sends them across the the, the, the other side. And so they go across to the other side and whether they set up camp on the other side or they go a little further, but they're on the other side. And, and what happens is, is that they see, and I want you to see this, they see Jacob walking off like he's always walked away. He's walked like he's always walked. Uh, and that particular night, he has a wrestle. He has a wrestle with a supernatural being. Now, a lot of people tried to, and a lot of theologians, uh, scholars have tried to figure out, maybe it was Jesus incarnated, maybe it was an angel, whatever it was, understand it was a supernatural being that was not part of this world. It was a supernatural being from heaven, and there they were having a wrestling match all night long. Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. Now, remember what happened was the sons, they're seeing him walk away like he always walked before. But the following morning, after that wrestling match, after he had touched the hip of his, uh, you know, the socket of his hip, he came back with a limp. You need to know this, that you know what? The son saw him walked out like normally, but he came back with a limp. And you got to understand when you come into meetings like this, you walk out, you walk into the meeting like everyone. See, see on Friday, you might have left school, you might have left your college, you might have left your workplace, and you were walking like everybody else. But I'm telling you this, you're going to walk into your day tomorrow, and you're going to come back with a limp. You're not going to be walking the same. You're not going to be talking the same. And I'm not talking physically, I'm talking spiritually because God gets a hold of you in meetings like this and you walk out a different person. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding here. See, he had an encounter with God and his life was never the same again. You're looking at someone here that had a moment in my life, 19 years of age. I walked like everyone else. I talked like everybody else. But after an encounter with God, after a wrestling match with a supernatural being, my life was never the same again. It was, a, it was an incredible thing. I've discovered in life there is a lot of things that we need to struggle with. Or let me rephrase, I'll say it like this, wrestle with. Things that we have to just contend with in our life. I I know uh, when I started out in ministry, uh, there were some incredible uh, people that were around me. And when I say around me, I'm not talking uh, immediately. I had other youth pastor friends that were in other places. One particular guy I was inspired by. He was one of these great communicators. He was called upon to speak in this conference. And he was one of these, uh, I call him a celebrity preacher. I mean, he was incredible. He was funny. He was anointed. He could move in the power of God. Uh, amazing. And I, I just thought, man, if I could just have 10% of what he had, Uh, then I would kind of make it. 
Well, where is that guy today? Well, I'm uh, ashamed to say uh, my friend is no longer uh, a pastor. He's no longer in church. Thankfully, he's still got his marriage, but he just decided one day I'm done. And he threw the towel in, and that was it. It was not like he had any immoral failure, did anything wrong with finances. He just goes, you know what? I'm done. Uh, he just kind of threw it. And it's like, man, we have wrestling matches. And you know what? The enemy is going to bring things in your way. But come on, don't be like that guy. Come on. You're going to get through the other side. I've learned this. I've read the end of the book. Guess what? We win. Come on, you need to know this. And the enemy is going to come at you. He's going to fight you. But come on, we are stronger than that. You will overcome. But we do realize that we have to wrestle with a few things. What, what do we need to wrestle with? Well, number one, we need to wrestle with sin and temptation. I mean, it's just one of the things that we're going to have to, that have to wrestle with. Uh, uh, You've you got to understand that there, there is no way to get rid of this stuff. It's just going to be with us. I remember one time, Pastor Steve, uh, a particular meeting uh, uh, where someone came up on the altar and they kind of sheepishly came up and asked me for, uh, for prayer. And I said, what'd you like prayer for? And he goes, uh, and he was kind of looking around and he's like, uh, I have this uh, last problem. Uh, would, would you mind if you pray that, can you pray that God would take away the, the, those temptations that I'm having? And I and, uh, said, so you want me to pray for me to, uh, you know, take away that temptation that you're facing goes, that's the prayer I want. I said, great. I said, all right, just lift your hands. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, as I take my hand, and as soon as I lay it upon his head, I pray you kill him in Jesus' name. And as my hands go in towards his head, he backed up and he goes, that's not the prayer I wanted. I said, dude, you've got to understand that there is no such prayer that's going to take that sort of temptation away in your life. There's no formula in the Bible that's going to take away that sort of stuff. I can pray. I can pray that when you, uh, you know, when, when my hand's laid upon you, that you have the strength to say no when that temptation comes knocking. And, and he goes, all right, I want that prayer. I don't want to die at this time. But we're going to have to wrestle with temptation and sin for the rest of our days. And can I just say this? If you trip up, if you fall down, just know this. The Bible says in uh, Proverbs, though a man falls seven times, he will rise. Come on, don't stay down there. You might have slipped up last week, even last night, last month, and you may have sort of come into this plate dragging yourself, maybe thinking that I shouldn't be in this place. Come on, you are in the right place at the right time. You just got to learn to wrestle with this stuff. I thank God it's a God. He just said, all you got to do is say sorry. All you got to do is just apologize and repent, get back up on your feet again and have another shot at life. We also need to wrestle with discouragement. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had to deal with that one. I don't know if that's the point I put up there, but just, you know, whatever that next point is, throw it up there. But uh, my, my goodness, uh, disappointment, that's, that's what it was. Discouragement, disappointment was a D. I don't know if you're disappointed that I got that one wrong, but disappointment, that's, that's a real thing that we have to wrestle with. We're called to be people of faith. We're called to be people uh, that, uh, I, I guess, uh, expect a better day. And we lean into prayers at times because there are things that just aren't going in our direction and we want things to go in our direction and we're asking God to supernaturally show up. And so our faith level is here. But do you ever notice that sometimes delivery is here? Do you know what I'm saying? Faith is here. Delivery is here. This gap here is disappointment. 
I'm having to deal with that. I'm having to deal with that on a regular basis. Sometimes where we are here in 2022, I kind of would have thought that I've been a little further along in certain areas of my life, and I'm actually lagging behind in different areas. And so I've got to wrestle with that stuff. And sometimes there are prayers that we pray, and we don't get delivery. Can I just make this statement? God's delays aren't God's denials. And so just because he hasn't answered today doesn't mean he won't answer next week or next month. Come on, just lean and keep believing for a better day. If I could have some water, that would be incredible. But I'm not here to uh, necessarily talk about those things. Thank you, sir. All right. I need some water because I'm about to preach. I haven't started yet, so. Here we go. Here we go. But I believe this. God is looking for a generation that will wrestle with the supernatural. I got filled with the Holy Ghost when I was 19 years of age. And uh, I, I was hungry. I was desperate for God to move uh, in people's lives around about me. And uh, I wanted God to move through my life. I remember in the earlier days, I would sit there watching uh, videos. Uh, and th- these are the days of uh, the, the video cassettes that you would put, you know, I mean, big, big, thick plastic things that some of you young people have no idea what I'm talking about. But I would sit there watching a guy by the name of Benny Hinn uh, praying for people and wheelchairs lined up on the stage. And man, I wanted to preach. I wanted to see signs and wonders, miracles take place in my life. Man, I was hungry. I was hungry for God to show up. I didn't get any preaching opportunities. I didn't know Pastor Steve at that time. And, uh, he, and if he did know me, he probably didn't want me to come and preach to him at that time. But, man, I had no one. And so I just, you know, whatever opportunity I got, I mean, there was one time I walked into my bedroom, had an incredible uh, audience with my mirror. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was good. Man, I preached a good message. message. Spit flying everywhere. I gave an offering. I received it at the same time. Did an altar call. Answered all its prayers. It was a great day. One time a dog uh, came running out and I thought, man, I'm going to cast that devil out of you. And he got on his back. Come out in Jesus' name. And the dog ran away because I shouted at him too loud. But uh, I uh, I wanted God so desperately to move through my life. I'm going to talk now. Stories that led me to seeing God supernaturally work through my life because it wasn't like the switch went on immediately. I mean, there was, I mean, a few months later, there was that this moment where I went on my first mission trip to the Philippines, an incredible place to go. And we, we went there. I, I took, I was 20 at the time, and I took a couple of years ago, and I took, what are you laughing for, right? I took, uh, I just didn't put the right oil on. Uh, but anyway, what happened was, is, is that I, I took these 14, 15-year-old students on this trip. And I remember uh, after a particular meeting, there was a healing altar call that took place. And I remember one guy came in with a big limp on. Uh, and literally, I, 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 if I remember, on his shoe, he had a piece of wood that had been attached simply because one leg was shorter than the other. And so... We, we, we sat him down on a seat, and I, I remember that this, this, you know, this 14-year-old kid coming and laying hands, and I said, pray that God would lengthen the, that, that, that foot. And so he starts praying, and he's like, man, stop pulling on it. And I said, I'm not, I'm not pulling on this thing, man, because literally as we're praying, as this 14-year-old is praying, this leg starts lengthening. I'm kind of like excited, but I'm also freaking out. I was like thinking to myself, what happens if it just keeps growing? 
and growing. And then he's got one leg longer than the other. I'm thinking to myself, then we have to pray for the other one. And then we're going to have this big daddy long leg spider walking around the place. And we're, I mean, this is what was going through my mind. Man, I, I wanted, I bet, but you know what? I wanted big miracles to take place. On that trip, we, we, we bought some expired medical drugs. We were allowed to do that. And uh, in New Zealand, where we were, I mean, like here, uh, stuff expires. And it's still okay to use, but they're expired. And so we took them there with us. And in a particular uh, place, we had some doctors prescribing medicine, go down the altar, and uh, those crazy people will pray for you. And so I remember these two uh, little girls, they would have been about four years of age. They were identical twins. Uh, and uh, standing next to each other uh, with their mum, and I looked at their legs, and there was pussy scabs all over those legs, and I was like, Ugh. and and uh, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I felt on the inside of me like God said to me, uh, I want you to spit and rub it into the legs, and they'll be healed, and I said, and no, exactly, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> I'm thinking through my mind, well, that's what Jesus did, and uh, well, there's no way in the world I'm going to do that. And so I just kind of, I just said, in Jesus' name, up you go. And that, um, but I'm just kind of kicking myself, like, would this, what, what if? What if that was God? I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure this out. You know, I, 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 just don't, I just don't know. Man, I'm kicking myself. I go through the, the, the missions trip and go home, and I'm kind of kicking myself. It's like, well, all right, God, if you ever speak to me clearly about something, then I'm going to do it. I'm going to step out in faith. Well, there I am uh, doing a youth rally a few weeks later uh, in a very tiny little town in the middle of nowhere in New Zealand and uh, do the altar call, people getting saved. One guy comes up and he's, he's like this. He's completely blind. And, and uh, I, I, what do you want prayer for? And he goes, I want to see. And, uh, and so, so immediately I'm thinking to myself, Jesus spitting in the mud and rubbing it in and the mud, putting it on the eyes. And, and I'm just... Uh, I said, would you like me to do what Jesus did? And he goes, well, if, if Jesus told you to do it, then go, go ahead and do it. I don't know if Jesus told me to do it or not. I just had a thought. What He goes, give it a go. And I said, all right. And so I rubbed it in. And, and uh, the name of Jesus, be healed. He said, open up your eyes. And so he's opening up his eyes. And can you see? And he goes, Nah. Need to have more faith, and I walked over here and carried on praying with other people. And uh, I didn't actually say that, but uh, but but I'm telling you, like it was like I'm believing God for supernatural things to happen, and I'm not getting the, the, the I guess the supernatural activity taking in place in my life. I, a few years later, I'm married. We've got kids. We moved to Australia. We, we moved to a place called the Gold Coast. We started a church there. The first year, I, I get asked to do a funeral. I wanted to raise someone from the dead. I thought that would be cool. Having some Jesus raise people. Lazarus, come forth. I said, that would be cool, man. I want to see someone raised from the dead. And so, man, I'm asked to go and do a funeral for a 30-year-old. I never met the guy before. Uh, I wanted a miracle to take place. And so I, I turn up in that place. And, I mean, none of them are saved. They're, just, they're all non-Christians. And you know what they do. They turn up black outfits. Black, the darkest glasses you've got, and they sit out there, and they're all like, so, 
you know, puffing away, all looking depressed, uh, no, no hope at all. Uh, this was the life of the party. This was the guy they never thought would commit suicide. He committed suicide. And I'm the only believer in that place. Well, we're in this, this, this funeral home parlor, whatever you call them, and, and he's, he's kind of in the viewing room. They allowed people to come, view the body, uh, and uh, say their goodbyes before the funeral. Well, everyone's outside. <laughs> doing their thing, uh, and uh, well, you know, and the funeral director's in his office, kind of down the hall around the corner, well, I'm up next to this body, no, no one's around, I'm looking out the door, no one's around, I say, here's my moment, I'm going to raise this guy from the dead, Mr. Faith and Power for the hour, here I go, (laughs) here I go, that's it, Nathan's out there, he's back on his third smoke, doing his thing, the guy's in his office doing his thing, and I come up against the body, here I go, in the name of Jesus! I command you to get out of this coffin. Now, and I, bang, I slammed on his chest, like a bang on his chest. And when I hit him, man, his mouth popped open. Woo! Man, I had goosebumps popping up all over my arm, the power of God. I mean, as soon as I hit him, man, that mouth popped open. Woo! Man, man, this is working. And I'm waiting for him to open up his eyes. I'm waiting for him to have a breath. And then I realized the way I hit him, the little, left, little air that was left in his stomach and his lungs popped open the glue that was holding his mouth together. And I was like, oh no, there is no resurrection taking place today. And then I went out there and I had a look and they're still puffing away. So I had to get back to the body. I'm squeezing the lips back together and again, getting that glue and I finished and I was like, man, you're too sad for a funeral. I, I did it. Now you're too happy. And I, I had to get the Mona Lisa going down. And it's just like, you look good. Uh, they never found out. Uh, true story, true story. But it was a wrestle because I knew Jesus had said greater things you'll do than I do if you believe. I wanted to see someone get out of a wheelchair and I remember being on a missions trip, and, and uh, I'm driving down the road, and there's this girl, she, she was like 20, early 20s, in a wheelchair, and I was like, man, I'm upset, God, that she shouldn't at her age, and no one should be in a wheelchair, but come on, at a young age, she shouldn't be in a wheelchair, and so I, I pull the car over, and I was like, man, I'm going to pray for this girl, and I just get out of the car without thinking, now, you can understand, this is a little town on an island, and there are thousands of people on this particular street. I get out of the car, and I said, excuse me, girl. I said, I've come here to get you out of your wheelchair. And I didn't ask her if I could pray for her. I just walked out. Now, people could hear my loud voice. I got out boldly out of that car. Mr. Faith and power for the hour. I'm going to get you out of this wheelchair. And I closed my eyes. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command, as soon as I lay my hands upon her, that you would heal her in Jesus' name. And I reached out like this, what was my eyes closed. And I'm like, where, I kind of, where, where is she? I'm trying to figure out. Open up my eyes. She's now down the road trying to get away from this crazy guy. I was like, man, this, and everyone's looking at me like, loser. Like, you are a loser. And, oh, man, I wanted to get someone out of a wheelchair. Well, so, so, so at a particular time, I'm driving home. Another story. Uh, and they're, they're, they're about 100 meters from my, my house. Uh, there, there's this guy that's in a wheelchair going up the hill. Now, this guy would have been one or two years older than me. Uh, I, I knew this guy 
uh, but I didn't know him. Like, like I knew of, but didn't know him. Uh, he knew who I was. We lived in the same area. But, but he's going, hell, I'm not saying, man, I want to get him out of a wheelchair. Now, I, I didn't want to just boldly step out without hearing from God. So I needed to hear from God. And so I, I drove past him. I went up, turned the car off. And I'm sitting there. And, and, and I'm, I'm like, well, do I go, God? Do I go pray for him or just stay here? Do I just get out of my car and go into the house? And, and, and I hear, hear, like, inside me, turn the stereo on. Well, at that time, I had a, another one of those plastic cassette tapes, right? You young people have no idea what I'm talking about. But I had that sitting in there, and I turned it on. A preacher was on there, and he said, Are you ashamed of the gospel? Are you ashamed to go up to that cripple and tell him to get out of that wheelchair? If you are, you'll never get the miracle you've asked for. I mean, word for word, as I just said, is what he said. I mean, I turned that off, the timing. It was, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it's at that moment, I'm like, okay, if that was really you, God, maybe an angel, uh, maybe Jesus just pop out of a cloud just to, you know, tell me that that was, well, I, I got out, got in the car, went down the road, and as I'm driving up the road, uh, uh, I see him, and what happens is, is I see him, you know, standing there, uh, but he's at Chucky's house. Chucky's a guy you never mess with at school. Chucky was two years younger than me. He always had 15 guys with him, and fun, for fun, they would beat you up. He was a guy that you always avoided, and I knew he had just uh, done three months for, uh, in jail for uh, drug possession and dealing, and uh, man, I, I get out of the car. Jesus, protect me. I get out of the car. Well, Chucky sees me. He knows who I am. We've lived each other, uh, you know, for, for, for many years of our life, uh, and he knows who I am, and he goes, hey, bro, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good. He goes, what are you doing here for? Now, you know, you've got the gang of guys around, and they're all drinking. Most of them are drunk at that time. Well, I, I walk out, and all these guys literally surround me, right? These are the guys you never messed up with. What, what are you here to? Uh, I said, I've come to give him a message. And they said, what's the message? I said, for him to get out of his wheelchair and walk. And he said, I'll go and get it. And he gave me this language and these, uh, you know, finger signs that... Uh, well, these guys surrounded me, right? You, you just that, That's one of our guys. That you, well, I got to share the gospel with him, and then the presence of God showed up in that place. It was incredible what took place. And I looked at him, and I said, well, I've got to go, but hey, uh, do you want this Jesus? And he's like, I don't want any of that stuff. And I said, well, it's good. And the guys go, well, cool, go. You know where I am, guys. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't get this, God. You were very clear to me. But see, I'm wrestling with the supernatural. I want God. I want God to show up. I want God to show up in my life. And about a year later, not long after we got married, and our youth conference that we were running, there was a massive altar call for people to be healed. And I remember us walking through the crowd. It would have been over 100 people on this altar. Here's a girl in a wheelchair sitting there. And I looked at her and I said, I want you to do something you've never done before. I mean, she's 22 years of age, no muscles in her leg. And I said, you're going to do something. We pick her up out, uh, out of that wheelchair. And I said, I want you to start walking. And, and, and we, 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 I've got another guy on the other side. And literally as we're walking, her legs are just dragging along the ground. But see, here's the cool thing, is that every step we took, she got lighter and lighter because every step was taking place, God was adding muscle to those legs. And I tell you, when we got from this side of the altar to this side of the altar, she was completely healed. I'm telling you, she, she, she no longer needed, she walked out of that place that day. We had that wheelchair above our heads. 
God completely healed her that day. That's one story of so many, but I tell you this, I've seen God do it again. I've seen God do it again. And I'm telling you this, that God will bring a supernatural answer, but sometimes we have to wrestle with this stuff. And I know that your pastors are believing for an incredible future where people in this church will be healed of cancer, people healed of tumors and and depression and anxiety. This will be a supernatural place where people will come for supernatural answers. But we have to wrestle in prayer. We have to wrestle with our faith. We have to believe God that He's going to do something supernatural right here at C3 Church. Come on, if you believe it. If I gave the music. I want us just to stand across this place. I want us just to position ourselves right now. I've only got a few minutes left. But I want to make it very clear. God wants to use you as a vessel. A vessel that brings supernatural answers to a hurting world. The last two years have been brutal for so many people in this community. Marriages that have broken up. Kids that have been left and neglected. Kids that don't know if they'll ever see their dad or ever see their mum again. You can move the pulpit. I want you to know this. There are hurting people around about us. And I tell you this, I'm not the answer. Guess what? Your pastors aren't the answer. There's one answer and His name's Jesus. But the good news is this, is that we are part of His family and we represent who He is. And He works through our lives. What I want to do is this, is I want God's anointing to come down. Just in the last couple of minutes we've got, I want us just to open up our hearts and say, God, would you touch us? Would you touch us as a corporate group? We're not just, we're not the only answer in this. There's some incredible other churches in this region, but God has purposely placed this church right here in this building. In the market, Jesus showed up in the marketplace and God has placed you in the marketplace right in this region here to bring the answer that Jesus provides for us. What's that answer? That answer is number one, salvation. Forgiveness, peace, there's healing, there's prosperity, there's eternal life. I mean, we could list off all the promises of God's Word. But know this, you are part of His plan. Your pastors are part of this plan in this time, but it's more than just them because they recognize without you, this wouldn't be possible. He, he said it beforehand, we, we wouldn't have this place without you. And can I make it very clear, your future or the future of this church does not exist without you. And I'm gonna go another step further. It will not exist without the people that are yet to walk on these doors. Because in the coming weeks, coming months they're going to be tens hundreds going to make themselves home right here but we have to be individuals and say you know what I'm not just bringing a logical answer I'm bringing a supernatural answer I'm bringing God to this region with every eye closed would you open your hearts and could I ask you to lift your hands at this time 
taught yesterday that lifting our hands is the international sign of surrender. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, come. Holy Ghost, come. Walk down every seat aisle, every seat row. You touch lives now. Some of you are starting to tangibly feel His presence. Holy Spirit. The guy down the very back there on the door there, sorry, I've forgotten your name, but could you just come here? I just want to lay hands upon you, sir. Just turn that music up a little bit more. Just stand right here, lift your hands, sir. Power of God. Power of God. <laughs> there it is. I can already see it. All over you. Pour it out, God. Pour it out, God. Pour it out, Jesus. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Touch a God. Touch a God. Never the same again. Jesus. significant level of hunger on your life, girl. Hunger is attractive to God. In fact, He even goes to say this, that He will fill you because of your hunger. So Father, from a young age, Lord God, let this hunger, Father, attract the things of God. Leadership is all over your life. Leadership, you're going to be known for leading people to a new day. Father, birth and her, Lord God, dreams from heaven. Dreams from heaven. Dreams from heaven. People experiencing the fragrance of God like never before. Thank you, Jesus. What I didn't tell you beforehand, that word anoint. Isaiah 10, 27, King James says this in that day. He's talking about this hour. Just hang out here with Jesus. He says in, this, in that day, burdens will be lifted from shoulders and yokes will be destroyed because of the anointing. That's the purpose of the anointing. God rubbed into you. Why does He want to rub Himself into you? So that burdens would be lifted. There are going to be people walk through that door. Burdens are going to lift. Your smile is going to lift burdens from shoulders. Your hugs, your, your conversation, your prayers are going to lift burdens. And the worship in this place, uh, it lifts burdens, but it just doesn't finish there. It destroys yokes. It doesn't just break them. It destroys, utterly destroys them. People with addictions, addictions of substance, addictions of relationships, addictions of many kinds are destroyed when the anointing comes. So Father, as I go to hand back, Father, I just come against, Father, every, every bit of pain, every sickness and disease that's in this room. I declare, Lord God, to be bound in Jesus' name. Let the burden of pain 
the burden of sickness and disease be lifted from shoulders. And I command everything that the enemy has tried to strangle and I break its power now in Jesus' name. And I ask God, heaven to come. Heaven to come on every individual. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, with every eye closed in this place before I hand back. I want to give you an opportunity to get your life right with God. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you've come from. But one thing I do know is a God in heaven that loves you dearly and despite you, your mistakes and the sin, He sent it as one and only Son of the world to die for you. I'm gonna do this as I'm gonna count to three. And when I get to three, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I'm gonna ask you to boldly do something. I'm gonna ask you just to lift your hands and by lifting your hands, you'll be saying, Pastor, would you include me in a prayer? I wanna get my life right with God. And then we're gonna pray a prayer your life will never be the same again. So with every eye closed, just drop your hands down now. If you're in this place saying, you know what, I've never given my life to Jesus, then when I get to three, you'd lift your hands. If you're in this place and you'd call yourself backslidden, you are once with God, you fell away from God, maybe the pandemic, you, you weren't able to go to church, you got disconnected and you found yourself here today. Maybe you shifted regions. I don't know what it is. Maybe you got disappointed, upset. You're backslidden. I want you to lift your hands. Or thirdly, someone that just doesn't live 100% for God, then I ask you to lift your hands. So here we go. Count it to three. You've never given your life to God. You're backslidden, not living 100% for God. And you want to get your life right with God. And count it to three. Would you lift your hands? Here we go. One. Be bold. Two. Don't worry about the person left and right here. Come on, hands have already started going. Here we go. Three. Lift your hands. One, two, three. Is there anyone else in this place that says, Pastor, include me in a prayer. I want to get my life right with God. Is there anyone else in this place? There's another one. Four, five hands. Is there anyone else in this place? Pastor, include me in a prayer. I want to get my five hands. Is there anyone else in this place? Pastor, include me in a prayer. I want to get my life right with God. You don't know the day. You don't know the hour that you're going to pass from this life to the next. You're saying, Pastor, include me. Thank you. I see that hand. Is there anyone else? Pastor, include me in this prayer. I want to get my life right with God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I see that hand. So good. So good. Okay, can I ask us to do something right now? You all open up your eyes. and If, if you lifted your hands, would you boldly just come and stand next to these people that are down the front now? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to get on stage, but, but I'd like to pray with you. Someone, let's put our hands together for these people as they're slipping out of their seats and coming down the front coming to get their life right with God or fix it up. So good. So good. Is anyone else? Come on, put your hands together as they come. Put these guys in. Come around here, guys. Come around the front. So good. Hey, could, could you do something for me? Could you just turn to the person next to you? And just say, hey, if you want to get in the front, I'll go with you. Just quickly ask that question. I'll ask my wife, do you want to come to the front and get your life right with Jesus? Or? be surprised sometimes come on people are coming right now for that exact reason come on here girls over this way girls or we can go that way (laughs) there's more people coming put their hands together they're slipping out of their seats coming to get their life right with God this is what it's about people this is what's going to be regular in this church people coming to Jesus that's what it's all about proud of you buddy what's your name what's that 
so good. I want you to close your eyes. We're going to all close our eyes in this place. I'm going to pray a prayer. And we're all going to say the prayer after me. Not just the people at the front, the people in the audience. I want you to pray this prayer as well, nice and loud. Dear Heavenly Father, come a little bit louder. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that you forgive me of all my sin. Jesus, come into my life. I want to follow you from this point forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand in the place. This is what it's about, people. Pastor Steve is about to come up, but I want to say this. Kind of a bias, but if I lived in this region, this is the church I'd want to be a part of. And, and, and it's not just because, you know, the pastors are good looking. Well, the people are good looking. Right? There's family here that want to do life with you, journey with you, want to be with you in the good, the bad, the indifferent seasons is what it's about. And so if you don't have a church, some of you may have already been part of this place, but if you're kind of new here today, come back, be a part of this place. Come on, let's give these people. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.